All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Empty Bottle Sports Podcast. Here alongside my original co-host, Danny. Well, we're excited to be back. Short hiatus as we're both out in Colorado on vacation. Uh, so make sure you subscribe if you want to see some content from that uh, awesome trip out in Colorado. Uh, but we'll get right into the action-packed sports weekend that we had last week. But first, uh, Danny, as always, how are you tonight? And what are you drinking? Yeah, happy to be here. Happy to be back after our vacation. We'll have some good content coming. I got some Savion Blanc uh, wine out of Cupcake Vineyards. Not sure where that is, but sounds pretty cool. So good refreshing drink for tonight. Very nice. Yeah, that'll go well with our, our full lineup. I'm doing just uh, whole milk in a coffee mug. So, <laughs> Us Midwestern boys, we got, got the milk gene. Oh, yeah. Got to be whole milk. Uh, but let's get right into it. Really big weekend uh, for college football. Ranked matchups ranked matchups all over the yard. And then also uh, a very big blunder by a ranked team we'll discuss towards the end. Uh, but first, probably the biggest game of the weekend was Texas versus Oklahoma. Red River showdown, one of the biggest games every year, even if the teams aren't ranked or if one team isn't playing well. You know, there's so much pride around that game between those two fan bases. Uh, Danny, were you surprised to see that Texas is once again not back? I'd say they're not back yet. Uh, you know what? Last year was probably the first year that it was a blowout in recent memory that I can remember in this rivalry. So this game, like you said, lived up to the hype. It was a great game to watch. Always take the over in the Red River rivalry. Um, I, 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 it, it just, you know, didn't go Texas's way. It, it just didn't have to go their way, but I, I still think they're in the big 12 hunt. Obviously they're going to need help. Um, but you know, they can still end up in that big 12 title game and, you know, still making the playoff is not out of the question for them at this point. Yeah. I, I, I think probably maybe I slightly disagree. I think it's like you said, at least they're going to need help. Otherwise they're out. Um, but I would call them not back they you ha, you have to win those one possession oh. games you've got to do it you've got to win one possession games and they proved yet again they just aren't up for the task we got to get arch manning out there we got to get somebody new quentin yours is turning into bo nix right before oh. our very eyes <laughs> can't win primetime games <laughs> texas unfortunately not back i think sark's actually done a very good job with that program um, but they're going to be a team that gets into the 12 team playoff, probably consistently moving forward. Uh, but probably first round exit every year is probably the maximum we may see from them moving forward. Um, watch, they're going to beat Texas tech. And then you're going to be like, you're going to be back on the wagon saying Texas is back <laughs> despite them beating like a, like a one in eight team or something. Uh, if they somehow make the playoffs, man, I'm sa I'm saying they're back. So <laughs> we shall see. Oklahoma would have to fall uh, pretty hard on their face for that to happen. Uh, but we shall see. Moving over to another very intriguing matchup, one that I thought was, you know, I, I didn't call it, but I would say, hey, you know, keep an eye on this one. It was Louisville versus Notre Dame. Uh, Louisville <laughs> ends up winning that game all but ending Notre Dame season. Uh, what was your yeah. reaction to that game, Danny? 
just that Notre Dame's frauds as usual. I mean, they, they if Texas is not back, then Notre Dame sure as hell ain't back. They are. Uh, I, I know Freeman is kind of the he was the popular pick, and everyone was really excited about him. And I, you know, he still has a few years to kind of prove himself. But man, it's he's uh, he has not proven to be a good coach in these close games, and that's kind of why um, Brian Kelly, you know, kind of ran out of the state of Notre Dame. He just could not win the big games. Uh, Freeman's got to win the big games if he really wants to be considered one of the top coaches in college football. And this was not a good start considering Louisville's not a blue blood. And I know you're on the road, but still, you've got to win those games. Yeah, bringing in Hartman, I feel like that accelerated um, the the clock for Notre Dame. And mm-hmm. it, it's kind of, it's kind of had the opposite effect, right? He he rose the expectations, and they're not meeting him. Uh, it, he might have had an extra year, uh, but now it's it, it just looks like same old Notre Dame, like you said, can't win the big games. Um, so for me, they were they were always on upset alert. Uh, Louisville looks actually very very good, uh, but. Not, nothing to nothing to be surprised about, and I think I think Notre Dame probably needs to join, you know, maybe the Big Ten, right? Somebody. Um, I would love that. I would love that. You know, but I mean, because you're going to get really really big games, right? USC, Washington, Ohio State, Michigan. You're going to have all those teams, but yeah, it's going to be a gauntlet. But if you right, if you either one loss or go undefeated. You're easily one seed, two seed in that 12, 12 team bracket, and that's what you're going to want down the road. Uh, yeah. Let's look ahead here. Let's look ahead here to quite a unusual and what we would call a meatball play uh, game. Yeah. Uh, Miami versus Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech was uh, 19 and a half point dogs. Ended up winning that game on the uh, on the last drive due to a Miami blunder. Uh, Miami's driving late in the fourth quarter. 23 seconds left. They could take a knee, punt, and pretty much punt it away. Maybe with one second left, and the game's over. Instead, I have no idea what they're doing. Not only do they run the ball, but somehow he fumbles. That's this is why people think games are scripted. Is because it's like what in the yeah. world? Yeah. This is why, why? the NFL is taking not advantage even of the. Like... I, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. Dan. Why not reaction? just like the, the first point of what? With the first point of contact, why not just fall to the ground? You don't even have to try to fight through anything. Just fall to the ground, hug it like. You know, it's like a teddy bear like this as you're running through the line. You don't have to get any yardage. You're not trying to get a first down at that point. There's no reason to be trying to go for the home run ball and carrying it life like a loaf of bread. All right? Just fall to the ground at the first point of contact. There's, You don't have to be a superhero. You have won the game. There's no reason to be a superhero. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I have absolutely no idea why that play was run in the first place and two, why you're not holding on to that ball, you know, like your life depends on it. Uh, now you've got to go at UNC next weekend, which probably could have been your only acceptable loss on the season. 
Uh, losing to a 19-point underdog in Georgia Tech is not an acceptable loss, especially with the, no. you know, no. So especially with the Big Ten, uh, where it's at SEC, uh, you know, Big Twelve, and then the the Conference of Champions potentially sending two people this year or two teams this year. Um, you know, Miami had a chance to also be back, but I, I honestly cannot understand what that play was. I know, and the ACC is pretty much relying on Florida State. It's Florida State or bust for them at this point to get into that playoff. And with the Big Ten, they're kind of down this year, but they got reinforcements on the way from the the Conference of Champions, like you said. Uh, this this was kind of Miami's, I want to say, only chance because, I mean, next year the Super Conferences are, are starting, right? You got Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC and all those the Pac-12 uh, heavy hitters going to the Big Ten. The ACC kind of they, they do not want to fall behind in the recruiting in recruiting and just uh, in the national spotlight and this was a big year for them and they started out strong but man they are they're falling fast with performances like these. Yeah, college football is really going to be uh, full of fireworks as we kind of head down the stretch. Um, so very excited to keep our eyes on the college football season um, as one season kind of. Get, you know, continues underway. Another season starts up. Uh, NHL opening nights last night. Chicago Blackhawks winning the lottery at only 11% chance. Uh, by some miracle, we were able to draft Connor Bedard uh, with his first start. Danny, what was your reaction to the game last night? I liked it. He didn't really play hero ball. He just kind of played within the system, and it gave a lot of other teammates chances, obviously, with four goals. I know there's open netter or empty netter in there, though. Uh, it just gave the other team um, a lot more to look at. You know, if he was just – he was sharing the puck. He wasn't trying to uh, be a quote-unquote uh, puck hog. You know, he, he dished it out. You know, I know he got the one assist. Um, it was like a secondary assist. I like that from him. You know, he took the team high five shots also. So I, I really like his first performance. And you can see the talent there. And he already scored his first goal tonight too against uh, Boston Bruins. So – um, good job for him. He's going to be a star in this league. And he showed last night just like a, a small glimpse of it. You could see that raw talent on there. And not even raw. He's pretty refined. And he's just only going to get better as he gets older. Yeah. Yeah, he did look good. Like you said, it was, yeah, five shots on target. He actually took 11 shot attempts. Um, so he mm -hmm. wasn't being shy, uh, yeah. which is good. You do have to take the shots when you have them, right? You have to make the defense respect you. Um, and I thought he did a good job. The Hawks in general, very, very young, starting, I think, a 21-year-old, another 19-year-old, and then Connor Bedard being the youngest um, at 18. So actually very encouraging um, that they went up against a veteran team like the Penguins and came out with a win. Uh, the Hawks did a great job sharing up like their third and fourth line, bringing in veterans, though, as well. Um, so uh, I saw really great things from Bedard, again, the quick release. Uh, so I'm very, very excited for the Hawks this season. Hopefully we can continue. Uh, but also I being realistic in that, you know, even when we got Taves, it still uh, still took us another year to get Kane. And then, you know, even a, a couple of years after that to become foundational. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited. Um, I agree. Do you think they're a, yeah. a playoff team I agree. And, and like you no, I don't think so. But I, I do agree that like the the age was is a 
huge benefit to this team right now. A lot of long guy, young guys, but like you said, they have some veterans on that team too, like on very short-term deals just to kind of guide the – because Connor Bedard, he's not the only prospect on this team, right? Um, they've been kind of living in high draft picks for the past couple of years, whether they've wanted to or not. It's just been the reality of their situation. But obviously, Connor Bedard is the spotlight of that. I, I wouldn't even be upset if they – are in the lottery again this year. I expect them to be, and I hope they have a high uh, lottery spot again also because they're not going to be competing for a Stanley Cup this year. There's, there's no point. They're not, they haven't pushed all their chips in the table yet, and nor should they. Uh, I, I think they should, you know, if there's an opportunity to get a high draft pick again, I think they should do it. I really do. I think this is just get the rookies, get their feet wet, their skates wet, I guess. And let the the veterans groom them, and then maybe next year, the year after that, you push for the playoffs. But I don't think they're pushing, putting all their chips on the table here in the middle, and uh, going for the playoffs. I just don't think they're there yet. I think this is still a development year, and I still think we are in the the heat of the rebuild. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. They have I, there was a graphic up on the screen last night, but they have they actually have too many draft picks over the next two years that all those guys aren't going to make the roster. So they're, they need to package yeah. those pick. They need to package the picks and, you know, go get some, go get some help for Connor Bedard. So going to be a very interesting, you know, three years for the Blackhawks, but I think it's a really exciting time for, for Chicago. Cause you know, football, who knows? We've talked about the bears on this channel. We can't rely yeah. on them. The, the bulls are a bubble playoff team every year. And the Cubs and Sox closing. are kind of the Bulls. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the, the Hawks seem like a, a bright spot right now. Hopefully we can um, return to glory with the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, to, yeah. to kind of close out the night, we're going to do kind of a fun segment. We're going to do a 2022 redraft. Uh, we'll read you guys the original top five picks. And then Danny and I will give our picks for the new top five based on what we've seen. Uh, so far uh, so let's go through who the actual top five was for 2022 and those picks were at number one to the jacksonville jaguars trayvon walker defensive end out of georgia at two the detroit lions with aiden hutchison at three we had Derek stingley jr cornerback lsu Number four, Ahmad Gardner, a.k.a. Sauce Gardner, cornerback out of Cincinnati. And at number five, Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end uh, out of Oregon. Uh, so, Danny, let's go over to the number one overall pick. You are the Jacksonville Jaguars now on the clock. Who are you taking in this 2022 redraft? I, I don't yeah, I don't hate that pick that they made. I mean, I, I still think they should have gone defense and, you know, Sauce Gardner, you know, Derek Singletary. I mean, those, you know, those have been great picks. I need one in the secondary. I think you're starting to see, too, this has been for now, gosh, at least the past five years. The cornerbacks have been very, very highly valued in this past happy uh, league that the NFL has become. So I would have, I would stick with the cornerback for your top pick um, with going with, Singletary or uh, Sauce Gardner. That that would be my number one pick from the Jacksonville Jaguars. It will yeah, and then you know going to the next pick, a little 
Uh, spoiler alert, edges, edge picks are also very highly valued. Cornerback and edge picks are probably the the new, um, I don't know, top flyers outside of quarterback in, in an NFL draft. Yeah, okay, awesome. Uh, you got to pick one person, though. Okay. <laughs> uh, give me Sauce Gardner. You got Sauce Gardner, okay. Yeah. Uh, insert draft noise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danny selects Sauce Gardner to the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, I I actually disagree. I'm going opposite side of the ball. Uh, we've seen what happens when you get these young quarterbacks, you know, really good weapons on the offense. So I'm giving Trevor Lawrence the best receiver on the board, Garrett Wilson. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Garrett Wilson number one overall in my 2022 redraft thoughts on Garrett Wilson at number one. That's stupid. That's what you get for, <laughs> for being mean. <laughs> no, I, I think that's, I do think that's a big, that's a good pick. We, we've seen what happens with Joe Burrow having just nobody as an offensive line, but when you surround him with just absolute ridiculous wide receiver talent, he shows you what a, gr- a great quarterback prospect can do with great talent around him. So I, I, I do think that is a good pick for uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, getting Garrett, Garrett Wilson. All righty, let's look ahead to the second pick of the draft. The Detroit Lions are, and Danny are now on the clock. Who are you taking with the second overall pick? I'm still doubling down on uh, Hutchison, hometown guy out of uh, Michigan. And you, like I said, edge rushers are really hard to come by, really effective ones, game-changing ones. And so far, he's really appeared to be like he is a game-changer and that he can turn around drives and he's a momentum uh, changer. So I, I really like the pick that uh, Detroit made. It was a hometown pick. And I think people are very happy with last year's draft. Uh, this year, maybe not so much with the the running backs, high quite high, a lot of question marks. But uh, I, I really like this pick by Detroit with Aiden Hutchinson uh, as their edge rusher, and I, I I would make it again if I was the general manager. Yeah, yeah, I agree actually with that pick as well. Uh, defensive end Aiden Hutchinson to the Detroit Lions. Um, we saw just in the game last Monday night, Max Crosby complete game wrecker. Uh, they could not block him at all. Uh, so you need that edge presence uh, to be effective, even though, you know, if the rest of your defense isn't holding up well, um, you know, defensive ends can be the great equalizer. So I'm going same pick there as well. Looking on to number three, we've got the Houston Texans. Daniel, I'll go back to you again. I'll let you go first. Who you got for your number three overall pick? Yeah, I I think... Because the Texans are just, oh man, I mean, they're just at the bottom of the barrel right now. I think you've got to build out through the lines. So I'm not going wide receiver. I'm not going quarterback. Obviously, those would be great talents to have for that team. But I think you've got to build through the trenches first, especially when you're rebuilding like the Houston Texans are. So uh, I'm going to go either Kayvon Thibodeau. I know he's, you know, outside linebacker and you know, in defensive end, they're kind of like interchangeable now. It's not exactly line play, but I would probably go with Kayvon Thibodeau uh, for my top pick right there um, for the Houston Texans. Wow, man, we are on the same wavelength. 
I was it was tough, right? I mean, knowing what we know about yeah. Brock Purdy, and then you know, even as well as as CJ Stroud is playing, um, I, right. I think I agree. If we exclude, um, I mean. If we exclude what we know about C.J. Stroud playing well, I would still – it would be between Brock Purdy and Kayvon Thibodeau for me. And I think ultimately – I think they got to go with the, the edge edge rusher as well. Kayvon yeah. Thibodeau at, at number three overall. That was a tough one. Um, but I like that pick knowing what we know right now. Going on to number four – uh, the New York Jets originally drafted Sauce Gardner. He is off the board going number one to the Jags. So, Danny, you're back on the clock with the New York Jets. Who you got at number four? Uh, I'm going to go with some, uh, like, oh, man. <laughs> originally, I was thinking, like, oh, I got to give some protection for Aaron Rodgers, but he was not there yet. Uh, <laughs> we are, uh, yeah, we're in the Zach Wilson era at this point for the 2022 draft. Um, dude, I don't know what would help, uh, Zach Wilson. So I feel like this is still a, uh, transition year until you get your quarterback and you just load up on defense because, um, you know, there's nothing on offense you can do to help the situation. So you just load up on defense. Um, I think I go, man, uh, give me, give me Singletary again. Yeah. Give me Derek Singletary going to the jets, load up on defense. Okay. I do hope you know that his name is not Singletary. It's Stingley Jr. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) I'm thinking of Mike Singletary. Like, there's there's Mike Linebacker for the 85 Bears. Hey, we need somebody to come out of retirement. Okay, I'll do it. (laughs) One more time. Yeah. All right. Derek Stingley Jr., to the New York Jets uh, for Danny's pick. Um, I am in the a different boat as you. I think kind of the philosophy of the Jacksonville Jaguars getting that receiver. You know, the Jets ultimately ended up taking Garrett Wilson later in the first round, uh, but since he is off the board, I think they take the next best uh, option, which, as we know now, is Chris Olave. So I have the Jets at number four, selecting Chris Olave, uh, trying to give Zach Wilson the best chance uh, that he can be to, to be successful. I like it. Yeah, I think that's I think it's yeah fair. But I mean, he's still not going to be. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not, <laughs> absolutely not. So let's round out our top five. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who originally went to the New York Giants, Dan and I both had going at number three. So, Danny, who you got at number five? Uh, I think you go – so, in the Giants' mind, coming off the playoff berth, I think you're trying to give – I think you're trying to give Daniel Jones as much protection as he can get because he's been running for his life this entire year. So, I think you try to go for offensive linemen. Not that Daniel Jones is the answer either, but I think you have to – you're still in playoff mode for if you're the New York Giants and you're still thinking that you have a team here or have a quarterback, so you got to protect him. Uh, I think you go uh, Ekwanu. Yeah, Ikem Ekwanu, um, offensive tackle. Um, I, I think you take take him to, to shore up the offensive line for Daniel Jones. Yeah, 
That offensive line was horrible. Just horrible. I was trying to find a nice way to put it, but they were they were horrible against the Seahawks last time I watched them play. I think the Seahawks broke they either broke or tied the record for most sacks in a game. I think it was something like eleven. And I do think that was the game I also chose Daniel Jones as my fantasy player to watch of the week. <laughs> and unfortunately, well, it was for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know better. So, you know yeah, better. I do. He, so we are going to go with offensive line, Tyler Lindenbaum, center. Uh, get yourself a cornerstone at center. Uh, shores up the communications and the protections for your offensive line. That would be me. Uh, rounding out my top five. I think we did a pretty good job, Danny. I think we we should be applying for GM jobs at this point, redrafting this top five. I think so. Yeah, I I assume probably minutes, if not, uh, you know, probably seconds after posting this, we'll be getting some calls. We will definitely be getting some calls. Uh, comment down below your top five if you guys agree. If you guys disagree, let us know. Uh, but for now, we will sign off, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.